Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome to the second episode of Homeschool Together. Today we're going to be trying to tackle the very wide range of terminology that new parents, new homeschoolers may run into um, when they first start into the homeschooling community. But before we start, before we get into it, I just want to make sure that everybody goes out there, follows us on Instagram at Homeschool Together Podcast, and also joins our Facebook group at Homeschool Together Podcast. We want to make sure we connect with people. We want to hear your feedback. We want to bring in that discussion. We want to connect other parents to help answer questions. So feel free to follow us on Instagram, join our Facebook group. Yeah, we would love to learn from you uh, as well. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a give and take. Um, I, I really want to make sure that people who are listening to this and who are following us online on social media understand that this is more of a community. This isn't us mm-hmm. dictating to you. You know, yeah. from on high, this we want to make sure that this is a community-driven thing, and there's a lot of communication back and forth. We, right. we're we're as open to feedback and discussion as anybody else. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're young homeschoolers, so we we are uh, just avid to learn anything that we can. Mm-hmm. So, in any type of community that is as decentralized as homeschooling, where there are so many different silos that have come up over the last, you know, thirty to forty, fifty years that have emerged. Um, and even emerging even more as we speak, like every year it gets even... There's something new. There's, there's always, always something, something new. new. So that's kind of one of those big things that when you have this decentralized community that a lot of terminology will emerge organically within each one of that's those silos, which within each one of those silos. And it can be very confusing because all of a sudden you'll hear, you'll know these words, but I don't know what these words mean. Right, right. I mean, that's what I see a lot. You know, I'm I'm part of a lot of... Uh, homeschool support groups online and the first uh, you know, help I'm trying to find a curriculum or I'm not sure what will work best for my child and the answers that come back uh, of experiences from other homeschoolers oftentimes will contain acronyms and other language and I, I hear a lot of what does that mean wait I don't exactly understand that I kind of know what that word is but what does it mean in homeschooling so that's what we're going to try to do today is just uh talk about some of the most common terms. We're just going to do a very broad covering. We we do hope to do uh, in-depth episodes on a few of these areas in, in the future. So uh, and don't feel that you need to write everything down. This will be in the show notes on our website and links to our website will be on our Facebook group and uh, on our Instagram. So let's start going into the various methods. These This is probably right, the this first. Is the, yeah, this is the, the first, entry level. Yeah, the entry level um, <laughs> introduction on these methods. This is the first thing that you'll see when you walk into the homeschooling world right. is you need to know, are, you know, what color of the rainbow are you? Are you a Charlotte Mason homeschooler or an eclectic homeschooler or a Montessori homeschooler? Right. So there's a lot of terms. Uh, so I think let's just, we'll just start at the, at the, uh, the ground floor. So, uh, so classical. Yeah. The, the, 
often referred to as traditional homeschooling methods, classical. I don't know if it's the oldest, but it, it, I mean, it, you know, it relies on classics of classics. literature and, old, and yeah, old, classic literature. Not necessarily that you're, you know, as we were joking, dumping Homer on your four-year-old, <laughs> um, but you are picking great works of literature, and you are using that to help, you know, drive your education. Mm-hmm. There's um, some common terms that you may hear, such as the trivium and the quadrivium, and they have their own definitions and own methods. So the trivium is kind of a combination of logic, grammar, and rhetoric, and using those those methods of learning to drive your classical education, your homeschooling method, and there's a, tying in a lot of classic works and whatnot. So it can feel a little... Uh, you may see books that you never read before that you that are very famous, and then you will see those pulled into those curriculums. So right. for some people, that's not maybe where they want to start or where they want to go. But if you are into the classical education, that is the first place that right. you, you the, one of the first ones you may see. Right. And, and another type of, of education that's uh, traditional or we'd call it school at home is going to be just what your child would do in the classroom, but at home, essentially. Right. So it's going to be textbooks and workbooks, usually adherence to a more rigid uh, daily schedule. Uh, so you're you're basically just recreating that classroom experience in your home, which which works great for some children. Well, in the times of COVID, this may be analogous to your teachers on a Zoom call. They're giving homework th- that the kid needs to do at home. Is is this something that they would be experiencing? Like if if you're trying to draw an analogy to it? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I think it's really. You know, it's hard with Zoom, right? Because the yeah. the, the teacher's not really there. Okay. Uh, whereas if you're doing so this at home, at home is still in, you are the teacher, the you parent. are uh, the role of the teacher, and, and you're there hands on looking at a textbook uh, and and helping your child with a workbook. So, I, I think it's a little bit different than Zoom. I, I think it's it, it's more hands on, right? It's okay. it's better than the than an online okay. version. So, and another method they may hear is Charlotte Mason. Right. So that that's uh, based on, it's a literature, what we would call a literature-based curriculum. So it also focuses on uh, on lit, but more what uh, they would call living books. So it's going to be fiction and nonfiction that uh, tell a story. Uh, and through that story, you're going to, you're going to learn some concepts. So I'm going to learn about this time in history by reading some books by authors that lived at that time or who, who wrote uh, you know, fiction set in that time. So that's kind of what it is. And, and that's the, the type of uh, curriculum that we have used so far. In addition, Charlotte Mason uses dictation and copy work. So practicing your uh, handwriting and your spelling through through copy work of you know, passages from these living books. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. Um, the next one would be Montessori. I think we are all very familiar with Montessori. And just by hearing the name, it's very common preschool Right, a lot um, of preschools. Which tends to be learner-driven, um, a lot of hands-on activities. Right, the teacher is uh, more the guide. Guide, and they, uh, so our daughter, you know, our oldest, uh, she attends a preschool that is Montessori. About right, two days so it's, a week. it's lots of, uh, you know, hands-on work. Mm-hmm. There's lots of uh, child-sized tools and things. Uh, they put a lot of emphasis on doing things independently, you know, the, the, the kids learning to cut an apple independently. That was the, that was what she did right before the COVID shut it down. They were all, you know, she had to come home and her homework was to be able to slice apples yeah. with a little butter knife. So and, that kind and of this, thing. And, and this type of learning um, fits well with our daughter. Um, she is a right. very independent little four and a half year old. 
Um, and she loves to learn to do things on her own and then wants to run off and do that. So right. we felt that, you know, even though we're a homeschooling family, taking advantage of the preschool Montessori, we thought was a nice pairing together. We still do homeschooling, right. but we wanted to pair this together. So it, it also, yeah. yeah, it also works really well with, uh, with, uh, you know, elementary or, or, or pre pre-K kids because it, it is so kinesthetic and, yeah. and they're so hands-on. And, and I know Montessori is becoming super popular, you know, even here locally in Western Washington, I know of a public school now that's Montessori based. And yeah. Which is Montessori really focused. interesting. So it is a growing, um, very popular method of learning, um, and you may find your learner fits well into that. Yeah, I've mostly seen it for, I haven't seen it go past elementary, so elementary and um, then, you know, actually pre preschool. Uh, I've seen Montessori. So last one, Waldorf? Yeah, so Waldorf is uh, another kind of a, a classical style, but it focuses on three developmental ages for your child and uh, learning within that rather than separating by the traditional subjects. It's it's more about learning to their developmental age. So just something interesting. We haven't done a, a lot of in, a lot of research into Waldorf, but you know, that's it's an interesting concept. So those are kind of the classical traditional methods that that most mm-hmm. people will hear, but then there are some more unconventional and some of them could be very confusing uh, when you're well, coming from. Well, they can be very confusing yeah. when you're coming from a traditional, ele, you know, elementary yeah. school, um, middle school type of experience. They could be very foreign and. Sure, I mean they're, they're unconventional and and they they tend to be, um, they tend to not have a lot of set rules. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why it can be it can be a bit foreign. Uh, yeah. So. You know, just the, the top big, of it, big ones, unschooling. unschooling so, yes. yeah, you, you go into it. Um, so unschooling is a learner-led education method where you're using the intrinsic motivation of the child. Um, classic example that I always like to say is, you know, they're into dinosaurs. You know, every four and a half year old is into dinosaurs. See our child See into our child, dinosaurs. Yeah, for more Drawing dinosaurs today. <laughs> um, when you're doing unschooling, you're trying to take that, you know, that, that ability of that child to just do that deep dive and to just lock in on a subject and to encourage them through you as a mentor to help pull out and suss out more um, of the subjects that would come along with normal schooling. So math, science, Mm -hmm. art, things of that nature, you can wrap that in within a certain subject and Mm -hmm. things may move, things may shift and it requires you to be adaptive I think a lot of homeschoolers naturally do a little bit of this in I being mean, adaptive. We do. I mean, I think yeah. it's I think it's great to say that, that any of these methods don't have to be, you know, the one stop shop, right? We oh, yeah. we I use think we a. Blend, I think we blend like four or five. We, of these we do. Yeah. I mean, we while we are using um, more of a, a Charlotte Mason type approach, we also are doing a little bit of this unschooling. Right. Our daughter is really into dinosaurs right now. This is, this is a good example because it's timely. Uh, so today she's doing dinosaur art. She made me read her a dinosaur book earlier. Uh, you know, Matt's doing math with her and he can do count the, the dinosaurs. So we're taking something that she's interested in and boy, you get a lot more mileage out of something that she's interested in than trying something that she's not. So, and especially with yeah. our daughter, you know, if I'm pushing on something that maybe she's not that interested in at that moment, man, it's like, good luck. It's like pushing on a string. It's just not going anywhere. <laughs> but I find when, when she's into something, so this is what, you know, what you may encounter. Um, I know unschooling can be very terrifying uh, for some parents who are more, tra- you know, regular 
public How are they going to learn that math? How are they going to learn science if they're not motivated to do it? So, but there, there's a lot of great support out there for unschooling and, and we'll do a show on unschooling and, and give some support links and things. So, uh, if it's something that interests you and I think, as you said, everyone does a little bit of it. And I think we have a nice link in the show notes as well. To yeah, to, for, for unschooling specifically. So, yeah, we'll include that. Absolutely. Um, so then we have a little bit, there's some eclectic things, some weird things. I think some, you know, some on the things. vanguard of things. And, and the first one that I we have incorporated within our education is game schooling. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, you better know about it now, I guess. We have a, a love affair or, you know, I think it's probably more me than you, but uh, all of us, we love games at the, in this house. Uh, yeah. Card games, board games, anytime a game, uh, we have adult game nights where we're game people. So. Yeah. And <laughs> this is becoming more popular now that there's kind of a, I would say there's kind of a blossoming and kind of a resurgence of the interest around board games. Right. If you if you haven't found a board game that you like, uh, you know, contact us because there are <laughs> there's just so much great stuff out there. This contact is not us Monopoly. On Instagram and our <laughs> Facebook group page. Right. <laughs> you know, Cause, so because my wife would love to talk games with you. Oh my gosh, I love games. So one of the things about game schooling is that these folks, uh, my little poppies, we'll we'll link to her in the show notes mm-hmm. as well. They have just so many great suggestions. They use games as a tool to help engage their learners and teach different different subjects. So they're going to do um, a game about racing around the U.S. to teach geography. And they're going to do, uh, obviously, the games that teach math and reading are, are endless, but also science concepts and art and you know, history, anything you can imagine, almost you can can either be can be taught supplemented with a game. So and, it's and pretty it, amazing. You know, it may be shocking, but, you know, when you have a kid that's learning her numbers. Uno is a fantastic game to start playing. Yeah. I mean, that's something we've discovered here in the last, say, two to three weeks. Our oldest is starting to play Uno with us, and it's been very helpful. Right. It's just helping her to get the recognition of those numbers. The, go, go fish, fish with just good. a pack of bicycle cards. She just <laughs> loves playing games. She loves looking she at games. She comes by it honestly. Yeah. And we, you know, we'll probably have a full episode on, uh, on games. Oh, going. we will. So, yeah, we will be a full wanna, episode we don't on games. Too much in the weeds there, but, uh, um, how about unit studies? This is something that we do as well. Right. So, this is going to be where you, you take a one uh, one idea. So, with our, I'll use our daughter as an example. So, we, we've done princess unit studies. She's a little princess and she loves everything. I don't know everything. where she gets it. Yeah, I, not I, from us. But I'm the stay home dad. It is not coming from <laughs> so, But she loves Disney princesses. I mean, it's just, she loves. So what I've done is I take that uh, subject and we add in a whole bunch of different um, different areas underneath that one area of interest. So, uh, like okay, just walk through the the Aladdin example. Right. Okay. So we we did. She wanted to do Princess Jasmine. So we learned a little bit about the Middle East for geography. We watched some videos uh, about Middle Eastern culture. We made some you know our <laughs> white person poor attempt at Middle Eastern food at home. Uh, she did she did Jasmine art where she was uh, drawing. Uh, he and he put it in with uh, math. You know, it was part of counting out, you know, Abu's apples, different things. So what we tried to do is take something that um, she's really into and then build uh, a whole study around it. And some folks use this, uh, we use it as a supplement, but some folks use it as their primary method of school all year round. They do, you know, deep dives into different units, uh, studies, and it's really great. And for her, the the exciting reward at the end is, you know, she gets to see Will Smith. The movie. Yeah, it was. Dance around as a genie. It was difficult. It was difficult. We're, we're, we're children of the 90s, so we'd really rather 90s, go back to the Robin Williams version, but let's not talk about that. I know. Let's not. Okay. Um, 
lap booking. And, yeah, and lap maybe lap booking and notebooking together. Well, so yeah, um, we were talking about this before the podcast. Uh, lap booking is really interesting because you're going to take file folders and you know kind of stitch them together, and then uh, you know paste or draw or add information. You kind of when you're done, you've created a display almost that you can flip through this this really rich book where your child can document their learning. So really, um, really neat. And then notebooking would be, uh, we have a, our daughter has a nature notebook, but you could do, you could have them fill out a notebook all about whatever it is that they're learning. They could have a history notebook and a science notebook and a math notebook and everything is done there. So just, just a couple of other methods. And, and these could even be supplements to some other curriculum that you're doing so if you hear these terms these not are even the kind just of supplements methods. i mean they could be part of that curriculum sure. you may see like the notebooking as part of the right. blossom and root right right we're doing blossom and root um early years volume two right now and nature notebooking is a big part of it and our daughter seems to really enjoy it one thing i think we we probably oh. missed uh was socratic we were talking about socratic method and we did torchlight pre-k and we will be doing torchlight k yeah we i, I really liked use, torchlight um i yeah. I, I liked it for its structure um, yeah. as a stay-at-home dad, opening up the book and being able to choose this thing. But they incorporated the Socratic method. Right. And this has been something that I've, I've, I have incorporated a lot with um, our oldest, even before we started doing homeschooling, which is the this method of questioning, pulling out information, asking, uh, and leading the child towards discovering information, I mm-hmm. think is an incredible way for you to communicate with your kid the educational terms and the educational topics and and ideas that you're trying to get across to her to them um, also what was really helpful is the the language skills being able to ask a question and for mm-hmm. them to give you an answer back you know at two and a half years old that answer is going to be very broken but at three and a half four four years right. old i noticed that having these conversations and these discussions were really helpful, not only for her to learn, but for me to help gauge where she is on the topic. So we have this open communication. I'm able to ask her, you know, I can see it on her face that she doesn't understand something. And I can then pull out through a question and answer what she's uncomfortable with, what she's uncertain about. Maybe she just doesn't even want to do the topic right now. Yeah, but it's great. It's really taught her to uh, articulate her her thoughts and feelings. So yes. uh, anyway, just want to make sure we, we put that in. Use your words. Use your words. <laughs> That's right. We always say that to her. Yeah, Use we always your say words. that to her. Um, so we've talked about a bunch of methods, but even within those methods, there are an enormous amount of terms that you'll see crop up within those methods. Four different curriculum. Yeah. So when you're out there investigating all these different methods and you're trying to figure out which one you're going to do and, you know, don't, don't panic on which one you're doing. Um, you can always change. Always. A lot of these curriculums, some of the curriculums are, are expensive, but some are not like, um, Torchlight was what? 60 bucks? 70 bucks? Uh, no, I think it was 45. It's $45. So it was a good investment. If you don't like it, you can move on. So don't get too scared about right. making a decision. You can always adapt and change, especially if your your young learner isn't really, you know, connecting with the mm-hmm. method. You can always try something else, or you can right. adapt and change. And you know, adapting and changing again, I think we'll harp on this all the time, yeah. is the cornerstone of homeschool. Y- yeah, I mean, best laid plans, right? We think something's really going to work, and then and then it doesn't. We'll have a whole episode about ideas about that. But just yeah, just so you know, uh, talking about all these different methods and the curriculum options that you'll have within each once you research and f- figure out what you think will work best for your child and yourself. 
you can do these anywhere from free to, you know, several hundred dollars. So there, there's a range, but I think there's a, there's something right to fit every budget. So no worries on that end. So I promised you short podcast and this went a little long. What we're going to do is break this into two parts. This being part one, and we'll follow up with a part two in the next podcast. We do encourage everyone to follow us on our Facebook group, Homeschool Together Podcast, and also follow us on Instagram at Homeschool Together Podcast, and share any insights or ideas you may have. Check out the website for all the show notes for today and all the links, and I think we're going to provide a bunch of links that of things that we talked about today, but right now is our favorite closing segment we like to do with every podcast. Right. So we'll be really quick with uh, what we're all about this week, our favorite thing. We just wanted to give a shout out about the Storytime Podcast. Storytime Podcast. Our uh, four and a half year old is all about it. It's great. There's a a new story released. I think it's every two weeks. Uh, She is just loving listening to audio stories. They actually say in the, um, the info on each episode, what age range it's good for so that you can make sure you choose something that's going to, your kiddo is going to understand and get something out of. Uh, So she has just been, been loving that she's also been asking google to yeah, the, play we, her stories we have a google home we actually have two of them now right one upstairs one downstairs um and i i think just showing her the story time podcast got her interested in the fact that there are audio stories available to me to listen to you know mommy and daddy read me a lot of stories but sometimes i want to listen to my own well and they do great voices and, and yeah they it's, have it's voices great. and there's sounds and everything and so she goes up to the google home and she says hey google play me a story we need to make sure our Google didn't just pick that up. <laughs> um, but it will go out there and pick out a story that's age appropriate typically. Um, and she gets to listen to it. She'll sit there just transfixed listening to the story. There's voices mm-hmm. and audio and and sound effects and all this great things. So she gets a pillow, gets a blanket, and she just curls up. You know, four and a half year old listening to an audio story, which has gotten me interested in other audio stories. So I've, th- I've, th- I've went out on YouTube a couple times. I found other audio books, famous short, you know, famous novels, famous short stories, and I've begun to play her those just for fun to see if she's interested. And then I can test, mm-hmm. I can test to see if she's picking up this more complex language. And I think it's a good way to kind of, as a stretch goal, as a stretch learning, mm-hmm. um, to be able to pull her up a little bit in her reading, co- her listening comprehension, which may also help pull her up in her other subjects. So I'm, I'm kind of toying with this yeah. book. But this really, the idea of the audio stories has been just a fantastic yeah. thing for her. Storytime is a, is a British podcast too. So it's going to use some language that we wouldn't typically use in our home. So she's learning some new vocabulary. So we would love to hear about uh, your, your child's favorite audio stories. All right. I think that's a wrap. We'll see you in part two of the next episode. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!